Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience, presented by DraftKings 2020 Week 1 Rankings. Every position, we're going through at half-point PPR. Smash the like button to the video. And in the comment section, you tell me which of these rankings is the worst, because there's probably going to be a lot of them, so it's going to really have to rack your brain to figure all that out. You want the full list of the updated rankings? Because guess what? Filming this a week out before it actually starts, stuff's going to change in the rankings. I swear to God, that's going to happen. You guys are going to get injured. I'll change my mind on someone. There'll be an update on Friday, uh, maybe even Thursday, too, before the Thursday night game to get everything all up to speed. But you can find the updated rankings list in the description of this video and podcast. They'll be updated every single day for week one. And don't be afraid to go backwards to the top 200 rankings if you haven't drafted your team yet. Chris Meany and I broke that down. You can find the link to that in the description of the video or podcast. Remember to subscribe to the Pat Mayo Experience audio podcast and the Mayo Media Network videos. We need as many subs as possible. So go tell some friends about what's going on. Don't be afraid to smash the like, leave some comments, rate five stars, all that fun stuff. Also, this is big news. If you go to ftnfantasy.com, use promo code Mayo, you get yourself a discount on all of the splits tools and stats and packages that they have up there for any sport, but primarily for fantasy football, ftnfantasy.com. It's where I am getting all of my pace stats, situational stats this year. A lot of good stuff, so I recommend everyone go check that out. Joining me on the line, as he has every week for the past seven years to break down the rankings from <laughs> theathletic.com, one of the most accurate rankers in the biz, and all in kid on Twitter, Jake Seeley. What's up? Yeah, what's up? I, it's, it's weird. It's weird that we're already here. Uh, you know, Nando came with the genius idea over the athletic to put the article of like, crap, my, this is the title of it. Crap, my draft is tonight. What do I do? And it's, you know, the rankings links and all that type of stuff. I kind of feel like, I know we're doing it on this weekend and, you know, we're doing this because how crazy the week's going to be, but it still feels like, oh crap, week one is here. I can't believe it's already here because we were so worried it wasn't going to happen. Yeah, and now it's here, and we all have all of the work in the world to do. I cobbled up my rankings. I was going through all the matchups. It's nice. It's 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 a tough grind to get back into. It. It's like even when the boards come up, like I guarantee you, I've forgotten a few people that like switch teams when I was like quickly going through it. In terms, oh, of, you're gonna get that. Oh yeah, but don't you even know? In the rankings, I know what teams the people play for. When I'm trying to do the graphics very quickly, sometimes a guy <laughs> might get left off. It's like I, he's at the Rams, not versus the Rams. What's wrong with you? You not fuck them all? Be prepared to get muted if you're that guy. By the way, you kicked off the channel. That's what's gonna happen. I can't wait. This is this this is the one. This is what makes it fun. I'm so glad we're already there. All right. So during the season, we're gonna be doing this on Tuesdays. I'm gonna be doing my waiver wire and recap show on Mondays with Gary and Thorne and Chris Meany. Wednesdays, spread pick show with Tim and Jeff Feinberg. Thursdays is going to be the DraftKings show. Friday is going to be the update. And then on Sunday mornings live, I believe it's going to be 10 a.m., but follow me on Twitter at the PME to figure that out. And I'll be saying it during the shows during the week. Myself and Noisy Huevos, Brad Evans, for an hour live going over everything, potentially even taking your questions as well. We'll see how well, like, uh, Brad's good at taking questions. You know how I get with taking questions, Jake. I do like two and then I'm all pissed off. <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah, this is uh, this is why Check the Link was created is because the same thing as you is like, hey, guess what? The rankings are going to be updated. The rankings are going to tell you who I would start over who I would start. So that's where it came from. That's why I, like, I got the shirts. That's why I have the hashtag. Check the link. It answers 80% of the questions for everybody. Let's jump into this. Week yeah. one, running back 
rankings. They changed it to half point PPR this year, just so people can kind of yeah. sway on either side, just like you. I mean, there's not that huge of a difference between any of this stuff anyway. No. But so let's get into it. The guys that I have right now as likely in Miles Sanders, Kenyon Drake, DeAndre Swift. Sony Michelle, Dalvin Cook, Alvin Kamara, and Chris Carson. The guys I have is likely out at running back. And again, this changes. All the injury reports can be at the top of the rankings, updated in the description of this video and podcast. By the way, Daryl Henderson with his hamstring. Raquel Armstead, we just went back on the COVID list, so I don't think that he's going to play in week one. David Montgomery and his groin injury. Damian Harris and his finger. Devonta Freeman, because he doesn't play on a team, and Rashad Penny and his knee injury are all guys that I have currently unlikely to play in week one. What if, if Montgomery plays? Then he <laughs> then he will get put into the likely part of this in the rankings <laughs> update, and he will find himself in the rankings. I'm glad you asked the question, though, because I know that's very hard for people to comprehend. That's going to be, I guarantee somebody's still going to ask you what if Montgomery plays. I, it doesn't sound like he's going to play, and if he does play, he's going to be extremely limited with this groin injury. Fire up Cordell Patterson. Cordell Patterson, Ryan Null. Everyone's going to like try to play <laughs> Cohen. He's going to get like two touches. No, I'm legitimately, I really do think that if Montgomery's out, I do think Patterson's going to be not the feature running back, but I, we saw it last year. He already got him involved with rushing touches. He should be listed at a running back at this point. He is essentially the number three running back. All right, so the rankings overall, top 10. Honest God, the top 10, 1 through 20, you're starting these guys. Everyone knows that. That's why you went and drafted them. So don't get too cute in week one. Uh, it's the after mm. that that we can probably go debate, depending on who it is. Number one, obviously, Christian McCaffrey. He is the best player in fantasy. He is the number one running back for week one. Then I go Dalvin Cook, Zeke, Berkeley, Derrick Henry, Kamara, Mixon, Miles Sanders, James Conner, the Terminator, at the Giants, and Josh Jacobs at Carolina. Uh, when you go and look from last year's stats, uh, it's going to show that Carolina is very poor against the run because they were the worst team against the run. But a lot of changes yep. year to year. Uh, Lynn Bowden just uh, just before we started speaking got traded to the Dolphins, so there's one less guy to actually take carries away from him. I'm just still not convinced about his passing game work. So the route for Josh Jacobs to be, I mean, I think it's a great matchup. I think he's going to be fine. Obviously, I haven't ranked at number 10. You play Josh Jacobs. But what keeps him out right. from, like, skyrocketing up my rankings, at least in week one, is I still don't know what the passing game usage is going to be. So if that's the case and he's not going to have, like, two targets during the game, it hurts his floor a little bit. It hurts his opportunities a little bit. And that means he needs to go, like, 21 for 120 and two touchdowns to really hit the top end. And that's just a hard thing to project. See, I agree with you, but two things. There's two players out of his way. They signed Theo Riddick, and 10 days later, he got cut too. So now you're down to three running backs. And I've been saying this entire offseason that they've told us the entire time by their actions that Josh Jacobs probably isn't going to get to the 60. Well, he wanted 60 receptions, but let's even just say 40-plus because last year, I mean, to see him 40 would be an improvement over last year. But I think this is a better situation now. Like, they cleared out the backfield. This kind of tells me trading Bowden, releasing Riddick, now you're talking about it's your boy, Jalen Richard, and uh, what's his face? For they got Devontae Booker. Those are the only two. And Richard's going to be involved. But there's two factors I like here. And I know you just said it. You're starting these guys anyway. But I do like them a little bit more mixed. And I do like them a little bit more for Chubb because I think this tells them that he's going to be using the passing game. The, the slight to mix in is that he only sees three or four targets a game, but he catches 90% of his passes. I think it's the same thing with Jacobs. Plus, the Carolina Panthers defense is still going to be abysmal. I know you, we talk about it all the time. Don't use strength of schedule year to year. It can change so much. But that defense is still abysmal. Uh, and if anything, 
that kind of leans towards, well, Jacob's getting 20 plus carries because they should be in control of this game. So if we're nitpicking, I do like Jacobs a little bit more, but again, who cares if he's 10th or if he's eighth or if he's 12th, you're starting him. I don't know if they're going to necessarily be up in this game. It's at Carolina. I think Carolina's currently a bit undervalued in the market. People just don't know what's going on with them. I don't think their defense is going to be very good, but I do think that their offense is going to be able to hold the ball for at least a substantial period of time. I mean, that's not to eh, say that, that Jacob's the defense for the Raiders is good. I don't think it's been ever. It's been like bottom five for like each of the past seven seasons. <laughs> They've been building it slowly through the draft for the past two years. They have a lot of pieces that are starting to come together. I, I will tell you what, what's the over under? Do you have the over under this game already? Or the, I guess the line, I should say, what's the uh, line in this game? I believe the line is Raiders by two and a half on the road. At I'll take, I'll take it. We'll, we'll make that the first, first bet of the season. I'm not going to take, I'll take them to cover. I am going to go look at to see what the from at DKSportsbook.com. Go look at DKSportsbook.com for all of your sports betting needs. If it's legal in your state, what do we have here? Yeah, two and a half. Raiders favored by two and a half in Carolina. Yeah, I'll take Carolina. Home dogs plus okay. two and a half. Boom. So we're on for that one. Mark that one up. Yeah. Uh, let's go deeper into the rankings, though. Number 11, I have Kenyon Drake. Obviously, this could change if he's not playing. He would no longer be number 11, but all <laughs> signs are pointing towards him playing week one against San Francisco, and he tore up San Francisco last year. Uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire coming in after that. Chris Carson. Aaron Jones. Austin Eckler. Todd Gurley. Nick Chubb. Kareem Hunt. I'm real dicey on that one. Cam Akers uh, at home against Dallas. And then Le'Veon Bell at Buffalo. If we keep going down a little bit deeper here through 30, David Johnson, that awful Mark Ingram, but this is where Fantasy Pros had him ranked, so that's where I put him in. Uh, Colonel Mostart, Antonio Gibson, Carrion Johnson, Marlon Mack, Melvin Gordon, Chris Thompson, Tariq Ice Cream Cohen, and Jonathan Taylor. Marlon Mack is super interesting to me here. Uh, just because he was you know, being drafted so lowly. We don't think that Taylor's going to start week one. We probably think that Mac is. And Mac has absolutely torched the Jags uh, over the past couple seasons when he's played. Yeah, you want to talk about having no defense and potentially the game script being just run it down their throats in the second half. I mean, this definitely points to Mac being undervalued. Uh, I think that you might see a week where we get that. It's going to be funny is you're either going to get two things here and people are going to come out with victory laps either way. It's going to be Marlon Mack, dominates and has a great game and be like, I told you not to get too excited about Jonathan Taylor or they're both going to do well because the Jaguars defense is so pitiful. And then people are like, I told you you could trust both of them. Like no matter what it's going to be, it's gonna, I told you that's what's going to happen. Uh, I would definitely go Mac over Taylor to start and to go back into your rankings. That's also why, like, I don't like this Cam Akers situation. I know that I don't, I've said it many times before. I'm not saying I trust Sean McVay. I'm not even saying I trust Sean McVay when he speaks, but there's reports from two different sources, one of them being SI, that are saying Marlon, or Malcolm Brown's going to get the lead touches. Whether that means he starts and only still gets 10 carries and Cam Akers gets 15 to 20, that's not out of the realm of possibilities. I'm just a little hesitant on Cam Akers out of the gate. Uh, not, the good thing is you probably didn't have to draft him as a pure starter for your team. I, I don't think I would have him this high just on the, the caution of, I don't know if he's going to get 15 or if he's going to get 10 out of the week one. Well, uh, just looking back at it right now, and the Jags defense got worse than it was last year, but 12 times yeah. in 2019 that, at least per DraftKings scoring, that 12 times 
running backs scored 17 plus points against the Jags defense and three of them were Colts running backs crazily enough Marlon Mack was actually 29 for 186 and three touchdowns against them last year so I do like him <laughs> Antonio Gibson's going to be like the real because pe- if people are going to draft him they're going to reach on him in drafts at this point which means you're probably going to start him in week one because you've now spent so much draft capital on him but at the right. same time I have him at number 24 right now I was thinking about making it a little bit higher because it feels like this game script in week one is six point dogs against the Eagles the Washington football probably going to be throwing if they're going to be throwing i would assume antonio gibson's going to be on the field see i keep going back and forth this is another one i i see the washington footballs as you keep saying is i kind of they feel like the titans this year and they feel like the titans for the fact of i think they might go a little run heavy and not to that level like i still like dwayne haskins and mclaurin and i love steven sims late but i feel like also they can control the game with the front seven that secondary is trash but as we saw the Giants, when they won two Super Bowls, name half those, like actually name five of the two different teams. I'll give you off both teams to name five people out of the secondary. And I'm betting 99% of the people, unless they're Giants fans, can't name who they were because they were pretty good, not great. And I say all that to set up that I could see the footballs being a frustrating fantasy situation where their front seven is able to keep the game in check, slow things down, keep the other offense from scoring 30 plus where the offense doesn't have to play that catch up every single week. So I don't know that the game script, I'm more hesitant. I'm more positive on the football's defense and more hesitant to point to a game script and liking anybody in that offense right out of the gate. I think you're going to have to make some decisions here, and I, I would start. I mean, right. obviously, I have him number 24 in the rankings. I'm starting Antonio Gibson week one. Uh, I do agree with you that the football's defense is a little bit better. In fact, if you go to the AFC or NFC, actually, you should probably go to the NFC win total show. Again, in the description of this podcast and video, I was the only one who took the over on the footballs this year. I think they're going to be like, all right. But at the same what time. Was the, what was the over under? Uh, five and a half or six. I like. I actually said the Giants were going to be the, the one of the four worst teams in the league, and the footballs and the Dolphins were both going to win more games than them. I mean, the Dolphins are going to be good, man. The Dolphins might win that division. Well, so anyway, about the game script thing, this is why. Like, so where where did you have David Johnson again? I had David Johnson either one spot below. I had David Johnson at twenty one, so ahead of him. Okay, that's fair. I, I'd still have David Johnson slightly a few more spots ahead, but that's nitpicky. I don't really care. We're not going to argue 18 versus 21. I just wanted to make sure you had him in front of Antonio Gibson. I think that's, I would feel a lot more comfortable facing the Chiefs and predicting game script than I would th- this situation. Yeah, that could just be a bucket of receptions for David Johnson, but he's still David Johnson. Maybe Duke Johnson could, ends up in somehow in the game. Maybe Cuties gets activated, and then all of a sudden they're not throwing to the running backs, and they're just throwing to him right. one yard past the line of scrimmage. There's different factors, but I think David Johnson will be fine for the third Thursday night opener it's the Chubb and Kareem Hunt situation against the Ravens that I don't love I've seen Chubb do it against the Ravens which gives me hope but it feels like with him you're really banking on him breaking off like a 40-yard touchdown run if not it's going to be tough I don't think it'll be that bad but I get your point uh, mostly it's just it's the Joe Mixon effect you know if he only catches one or two passes per game he's gonna have to do it all in the run it's the lesser version of Derrick Henry I understand it uh, but I'm not as a, I'll tell you one thing I, where you're worried about that situation, I'm less concerned about Chubb as I am for Miles Sanders. Uh, Not because of his injury. Let's even say today, while we're doing this show, we knew he was 100%. That offensive line is not 100%. And if we're talking about this matchup, what have we talked about on your last show, which this is, I just want to throw this out there because we're going to talk about your defenses, but you bring this up every single year, is that quarterback pressure, adjusted sack rate, everything from football outsiders. That Eagles offensive line has lost so many pieces now. They're talking about where they're going to play certain guys. It's like banged up beyond belief, and you're facing that, I said the Redskins, you're facing that football front seven 
I don't know that Miles Sanders has a very good, you have to start him, but I don't know if he has a very good, I would take Nick Chubb over Miles Sanders for week one. Yeah, I would. And I would still just rely on Miles Sanders being good. Um, and when you just look at it, I think the Kareem Hunt could potentially outscore Nick Chubb in this game, depending on how the Well, that's any week. Yeah, it is. But just depending on like the flow of this game, if the Ravens get up 14 nothing early, you just might see a lot of Kareem Hunt on the field versus seeing a lot of Nick Chubb. At least with Miles Sanders, it does appear that regardless of what the score is, he's going to be on the field. Like that doesn't well, work. Well, I mean, what if what if Miles Sanders can't get to the line of scrimmage without getting hit and they start checking down and throwing routes to Boston Scott all game? But they're going to be doing that to Miles Sanders as well. Like it's not like they're going to replace Miles Sanders with Boston eh. Scott. He's, he'll spell him. No. But it's going to be like a 75-25 split, 70-30. Oh, of course. You you can see a situation with Nick Chubb where he only plays 40% of the snaps in this game. I, I look, I could definitely see that, but I could also see Miles Sanders falling into only 12 to 15 touches for the entire game. Could happen. A lot of different stuff could happen. I, I, I just think that Sanders <laughs> is good, and I'm drafting. Like, listen, I have Sanders as one of my like, Well, you're top. starting Chubb and Sanders anyway. You're not benching yeah, either one of them. I, I would try to go out of my way not to start Chubb. I don't think he has. You're, no, he, I, no. He's either going to have a really bad game or a really good game. I, it doesn't feel no, like there's here, any, here's, doesn't here's feel the truth. Like, it doesn't feel like there's any middle for him. It's going to be like three points or it's going to be 30 points. All right, well, you know what? It's week one, so why don't we just get out of the way? Then why'd you fucking draft him? Don't. <laughs> bench Nick i didn't chubb I, had, drafted him. I, I had him at like 27 i didn't want to no part of nick chubb this year look i got an f-bomb first week out of the way for you pat i like it i it's like just it like, a lot no. i like the fire you're bringing to mayo media network please subscribe <laughs> it's the, it's we haven't even talked wide receivers yet but i already got the question of like Devonte parker versus Nikhil harry in week one i'm like dude what did you draft Devonte parker for don't draft these guys if you're going to bench them in week one. Yeah, but I want to get cute with my lineups and show how much I know, Jake. <laughs> then, you know what? Go play DFS on DraftKings. Yeah, yeah go play DraftKings and just leave like $3,000 <laughs> on the table and play all the scrubs. Uh, all the other guys in here are like, are you worried about these like Clyde, like Clyde Edwards-Hilaire getting... There was mixed reports coming out that obviously DeAndre Washington was cut. Go draft Daryl Williams, by the way. Uh, and, but at the same time, like... Is he actually going to like split touches with him? Because that was a report. Then it came out. It's like, no, he's going to be the Williams is going to be the primary backup along with Darwin Thompson. And it's Clyde Edwards Hilaire's backfield. Like, I'm just going to start him. If you, again, he's one of those guys. If you drafted him, you spent the draft capital, you probably want to play him. Well, hell, at this point, if you spent the draft capital, and that means you probably took him around five, six, seven in the first round. Yeah. If you're drafting somebody in the first round, you do not put them on your bench. Otherwise, just don't play fancy. Just trade him somebody else then. If you're really going to consider putting a first rounder on your bench. The Clyde Edwards-Hilaire situation, of course, this is similar actually to go back to the Malcolm Brown one with Cam Akers. You know, we're starting to get these reports. Oh, it could be split in the first week. We've seen previous years, we've seen both cases happen. We've seen situations where that's held true. Uh, the lead option, not the one we wanted for fantasy purposes, came out strong. And then the backup option was kind of like an RB3. We've seen other situations where it was just all smoke and just bull crap. And then week one comes around and the other guy gets all the touches. So, you know, again, you drafted Clyde Edwards for life for a reason. You drafted Cam Akers for like if you spent RB two cost on Cam Akers and you drew RB two. I'm not saying you bench Cam Akers. It's just these are the things you think about. And these are what's the unpredictability of Week One. If you, hey, that's another one. If you want to play on DraftKings, you play a Malcolm Brown or you know the the Daryl Daryl Williams situation, and maybe you make out like gangbusters, but you don't do it in seasonal. Make out like gangbusters. Sounds like you should be yeah. back on Tinder. 
<laughs> I was never on Tinder. You have great. You should definitely. I met my wife on Tinder. You should definitely do that. Other <laughs> things you should definitely do: go to fdnfantasy.com, use code Mayo, get access to these awesome tools. I'm on the Pace tool right now. Do you know the five teams last year who played the fastest of anyone in football were? It, it's kind of surprising. Plays per second. Oh, like, oh, who like who the teams were? Yeah. Uh, do it. You want me to like guess right? So, uh, we'll say Rams. No. Okay. So here's here's who it is on offense. Plays per second: the Browns, the Texans, the Broncos, the Bucks, and the Bills were the fastest teams. So I would have not guessed four of those. I know. Isn't that isn't that weird to think about? To the <laughs> slowest teams per pace, uh, Ravens, the, the Chargers, Saints, Lions, Eagles, and Raiders were actually the slowest teams. Where were the Ravens? I thought they were kind of slow too because they ran so much. Uh, yeah, but they always got up to the line really quickly. They were in the mid- uh, yeah. They were in the middle. It looks like maybe maybe I'm thinking of plays. Yeah, no plays. They they were down on, but just they, they scored so efficiently. Uh, in the last four weeks of the season, though, like if we kind of look at, it, I guess that, that's just the playoffs. <laughs> I'm just like, oh yeah, <laughs> playoffs. They, they, these teams are not good whatsoever. <laughs> I mean, they have zero <laughs> plays per second. So anyway, you can go uh, mess around with that. FDNFantasy.com code Mayo. To get the, uh, <laughs> the Titans in the playoffs might have had like three plays <laughs> in the I know, game. It, it's kind of nuts, right? <laughs> oh, there, there's another one good too. Yeah, so that was seconds per snap, points per snap. Here's a good one: the Chiefs, point five five points per snap. Chiefs, Falcons, uh, Steelers, Chargers, Ravens, and Ravens were Thanks. up there. Yeah, well, it's kind of surprising. I, I, I like all of these tools. They kind of they they crack me up, and I find that oh, you know, just especially when you're trying to like have tiebreakers. It's oh, is it a good matchup or bad matchup? You can use the spreads, but if you're using tools like the and obviously we don't know what's going to happen, and you know for week one of football, teams can be completely different. It's like you keep mentioning Joe Mixon is catching like ninety percent of his backfield passes, but maybe without Andy Dalton or like the collection of losers they were playing at running or quarterback <laughs> last year, maybe Joe Burrow throws to his running back, then all of a sudden that Joe Mixon starts getting some catch. That's on the table. It's not like a certainty to happen, but it's not completely just like, oh, this because it's happened, it's always going to happen. You want to have a few weeks for these stats to gestate too. So uh, when using tiebreakers, I like to see (laughs) I like to see the pace (laughs) stats just because, oh, this team's probably gonna run more plays. More plays equals more opportunities. Generally equals more fantasy points is the best way to look look at it. Um well there's others too. I mean, to go back to the Nick Chubb, you know, Stefanski's there now. What if he kind of gives him the Dalvin Cook treatment? Oh, agreed. Yeah, Kareem Hunt becomes almost not completely irrelevant, but that that's out there too. Where did we haven't gotten to him yet? So I'm curious. Let's. Uh, I want to see where you have the Buccaneers running backs. Uh, not high. I'll tell you that much right now. So we're still inside the <laughs> top mean, thirty as we speak. I have Cohen at twenty nine. I have Chris Thompson. Uh, we'll go to the. Let's go to the Detroit running backs. I have Carry on at twenty five. I think for week one he's fair. the guy to play just because Swift yeah. appears to be hurt. <laughs> No, I love Swift, but at this point, like we've, we've talked about it on your last show too, is Swift is the Miles Sanders of last year, but came in at a two-round extra cost. So what you bring up a lot of times is probably if you're drafting and somebody takes them top of the six rounds, they're going to be reluctant to trade or sell low on them. So you either had to draft Swift and be patient or you know just stay away because patient involves, like I agree with you, Carrion is the guy for week one. He still has a knee brace on, so he's no guarantee to stay healthy, but the fact Patricia said it, the OC said it, everybody said it. You can't miss that much time with no preseason games. I mean, it was, it was almost a full two weeks and still nobody even really told us what the knee or leg issue was. So I think Swift is behind it. He'll get mixed in, but it'll be progressive. I would say if you gave me an over under, I'd say four and a half games before he's the lead. 
Yeah, or carry on comes out hot, which he won't do, but you know it's a possibility, <laughs> and he just keeps the job. When you say the OC said, are you talking about Sandy Cohen? <laughs> yes, I'm talking about Sandy Cohen. <laughs> uh, so Jags running backs. I have Chris Thompson as the top one of the Jags running backs. I have yeah. number, number 28. I have Ozigbo at 34. I have James Robinson a bit more down on the list, just outside the top 50. I think that if you're drafting, you probably take Ozigbo higher. But I think for week one, yes. the floor rests with Chris Thompson because we just don't know what's going to happen. Like, I'm assuming that Armstead is not going to play in week one. I would guess that Ozigbo has the first crack on it. But, like, these guys are terrible. And if they're passing, it's probably going to be Chris Thompson on the field. But there is the oh, there definitely. is going to be the situation where, I mean, Doug Marone has already come out and said that Ozigbo or Robinson could be potential three down backs. And he's generally used three down backs a lot like the Steelers have done over the years too like where it's just been one guy and that's been it was that because it was Leonard Fournette probably but at the same time like it's not out of the realm of possibility that Ozigbo could just be the guy from day one and we don't see a ton of Thompson I don't think that happens that's why I've ranked Thompson higher for week one but again this is a hedge against well I I think that Thompson's gonna end up with like six catches for 45 yards and whatever else he does so he's gonna end up in double digit fantasy points as a floor I think in this matchup against the Colts where Ozigbo he could have 30 points he could have one point I don't know (laughs) well there's a couple things here they also when they brought in Chris Thompson there's that Jay Gruden guy here who used to use Chris Thompson so is Marone speaking for Gruden or is he just speaking as what he thinks? You know, it's like, how much is he like, what do you have Gruden there for? If you're going to continue to control the offensive or calls, basically, yeah. uh, I I'm Chris Thompson guy. You know that we talked about it. I said, he could, James white at four or five rounds, cheaper cost. And I have a ton of Chris Thompson. I think James Robinson has a better chance to be the three down guy than a Zigbo does. I don't like a Zigbo as much as a three down guy. Uh, and that's why I would just let somebody else take a Zigbo and just even wait till the very, very, very last round and just take a flyer in James Robinson. This kind of feels more like a mess for the entire season. And the reason I would also lean more towards James Robinson is because what do we expect the Jaguars to be doing the entire season? Passing. So give me James Robinson over Zigbo in the passing game and give me Chris Thompson over both of them in the passing game. Not even a question. Uh, number 31 in the rankings, you asked the question of where the Bucks running backs come up. This is where they come up. I got Ronald Jones at 31. I don't feel good about it. Lindsay's after that. Jordan Howard, Ozigbo, Fournette at 35. James White, Jordan Howard, Devin Singletary, Zach Moss, and J.K. Dobbins rounds out the top 40 of running back rankings this week. Where are you going with the Tampa guys? I don't want to play any of them if I don't have to. <laughs> I don't want to play either. Here's the, the Saints defense. This is still good against really good against the run. And now they're talking about adding Clowney. Good God, if they do that. Sorry. I, I, else, yeah, but, um, listen, every team in the league has been linked to Clowney. Right before we came on, I saw the Ravens are now interested in Clowney. Are they? Yeah. <laughs> well, I think it, I wouldn't be surprised if it's more Clowney himself. Oh, well, look, he's linked to the Ravens and the Saints. <laughs> like, oh, wow. The Seahawks before this have vastly coming back. Oh, look, what's next is going to be the 49ers and the Cowboys and the Chiefs. Like, like I, I understand what Clowney's doing here, uh, but on the flip side, even without him, like this, this run defense was already really good. There's no reasons to not think it's going to be good again. So I have hesitancy with that. Uh, we do think this could be a shootout potentially now Tom Brady versus uh, the saints or you know, whether you want to look at Drew Brees versus the Buccaneers secondary, which is still questionable. I think you look at this. I don't want either of them either. And if I'm going to lean one, I might lean Fournette a little bit because if they're passing, I do think that Fournette is slightly better than Ronald Jones passing because remember, yes, 100 targets. Yes, all those receptions. He's a check down option. 
He's not like Chris Thompson. He's not Naheem Hines. He's not James White. He's not those kind of guys. Uh, so I think that you bring him in, they trust him a little bit more as a pass blocker and a pass catcher. So I would have him slightly ahead, but I don't, I, as you said, I hopefully don't think anybody's going to be trying to start either one of them. No. Well, here's the weird thing too. You mentioned the run defense on one side with the saints being pretty good. Tampa was the best run defense in the league yes. last year. I mean, way to build your team for 1993, but here we are <laughs> at the same time. Here's the interesting part. Tampa played really fast last year. I'm going back to these pace tools from FTN fantasy code mail to get yourself a discount to get full access to these things. And you're probably going to want to do it. If you're going to invest any money in football this year, go do it right now. Okay. Oh, wait, Nice. Thank you for doing that. 10% off, I believe, or 15, 10, 15, whatever it is. Uh, it's a discount. Either way, I think it changes like day to day. I get the best rate. The Mayo code gives you the best rate on the site <laughs> at all times. So just always use code Mayo for everything. But the Saints were super slow. Second slowest team in the league in plays per se- or snaps per second. Tampa was one of the highest, but now they have Tom Brady, and the Patriots were one of the slowest teams in the league, too. I think this game might not be as shootouty as people think. Mm, maybe. I still think it might I, be. I, I, I also, I mean, and here, here's my take, I also don't think the Bucks are going to be very good. I, I It comes down to the secondary. It comes down, this is in New Orleans. Uh, we know what happens in New Orleans versus on the road, although Drew Brees, it's still a misnomer of like he's bad on the road. It's not Ben Roethlisberger. Although Ben, ben Roethlisberger also threw that out the window. Had no, no pun intended two years ago. Uh, but I think that if you told me, what's the over-under in this game? The over-under in this game is got to be like 50. Four, it's 49 and a half. The Saints is three oh, and we'll a half. Point I just guessed three over. So there you go. The, you, this is my opinion. You understand what my opinion is. I yeah. No, yeah wrong, no, but, but. I, I'm going to talk about this on the spread show with Jeff and Tim, uh, which is going to drop on Tuesday this week. It normally drops on Wednesday if you're curious. This just feels like the biggest trap over under game there is. And the fact that it's like <laughs> artificially low to begin with uh, leads me to believe that like 95% of the money is going to be on the over. And whenever that's the case, you see any number above 90 on one side, just bet the other way. <laughs> All right, well, so tell me if that happens, and then I'll come off it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's one thing that we're going to be going over on the Friday shows. Um, it's going to be the injury report, the updated fantasy rankings, and we're going to talk about some props and betting trends that we've seen develop throughout the week. So, you know, now that Mayo Media is off to the races, Mayo Media Network subscribe. <laughs> we're just trying to hammer all this stuff home week one, so I don't have to fucking say it every single week. Uh, oh, but, wait, wait, do, do you want people to subscribe? I forget. Yes, yes. Please subscribe okay. to Mayo Media Network. Okay. It really helps us out and all of the other different shows that are going to be popping up on Mayo you Media cut- Network. You kind of breeze past one. Where did you? Where did Zach Moss? So by by the way, the reason I'm asking is because you sent the like pages and I couldn't open your ranks. <laughs> oh, why. sorry. Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll, where did I'll you have Zach Moss? The, I have Zach Moss at 39, one spot behind Devin Singletary at 38. I just I don't know what to do there. And Josh Allen probably their best running back anyway. Yeah, of course. I'd flip it again. This is look what this is what we're trying to do in these conversations when we get to down to the 30s, and that's why I'm kind of bringing some of these up. Uh, what do you expect the Jets to be? miserable so if you get like I mean, there's no question about it so if you expect this to be the bills being the bills and again they should control their defense is great the jets are terrible this feels like a zach moss game and i only bring that up also because at least for these first couple of weeks it definitely feels like we're going to be trying to project is it a zach moss or is it a singletary game the thing i really have going against singletary is not the fumbling issues that everybody's talking about i mean obviously that's part of it but people see him and these are the assumptions people make. Like when they see Dwayne Haskins, they think, and you know why they think it, but they think, oh, running quarterback. He's not really, he runs when he has to. Like he might have 200 yards in a season. When they see Singletary because of his stature and because of his ability, they assume he's a pass catcher. He's kind of average. Zach Moss is 
probably right on his level as a pass catcher. So I don't know that being in a passing game situation really helps Singletary as much people assume. So for this game, especially again, to go back to the Jets as a, as a game script, I might lean a little bit more by Zach Moss. If you're trying to make that decision, that's I'm just giving that for everybody. Cause I feel like a lot of people are. Okay. So I I'll give the flip to that and maybe sort of the counter for Devin Singletary. Cause I'm going to keep him ahead. I think he's a better play for week one versus Moss. I'm still, I'm, I'm just, a, I have trepidation about the entire thing too, but at the same time, no team runs more when they're winning by percentages than the bills do. The rushing rate just goes through the roof. Right. And you'd think that would be like, you said pounded up the gut with Zach Moss however in a situation based game uh, when you look at the Jets defense from last year they allowed a touchdown on 5.1 percent of like off tackle and perimeter runs where they did not allow a single touchdown up the gut last season so well I see your thesis on what you're saying I think the Jets defense (laughs) might actually be more susceptible on the outside where Singletary would actually come in in this specific matchup I will admit I don't know enough without like I no 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 I was about I'm pulling up I don't know enough about their front four oh no three four there are three four so Quinny and Williams Steve McClendon and Henry and I don't know if that's improved I don't know if it's that same unit as last year because I look at what you do I look at the football outsiders all these tools on I, I, the Mayo Media Network I, I wouldn't even worry about football outsiders anymore you use FTN fantasy data that's where you want to be <laughs> that's it see so there you go so you use that in general my point being is i use those and i look at groupings so you know if you want to ask me what i think about defensive tackle no i'm i'm looking at the grouping yeah and like and singletary averaged almost seven yards a carry on perimeter runs last year like that's kind of his wheelhouse and this does seem like a perfect team to do that against could he not do it absolutely they just might use zach moss the entire time the josh allen's gonna call his number that's why i still have him low i just think between the two that would be my lean towards singletary here where do you have Jordan Howard and Matt Breda? Uh, I have Howard ranked high. I had uh, Howard at 32 and Breda at 42. I think that's fair. I, they're gonna they're gonna uh, they're going to establish the Jordan Howard like every team establishes the Jordan Howard. You just hope for a touchdown. <laughs> <laughs> Establish Howard until he gets hurt in week seven, like always. Yeah, of course. Uh, the only other one I really had uh, problems with. Well, I mean, I had James White ranked at thirty five. He probably should be higher. I just don't know how that's going to go with Cam Newton. Uh, now that Damian Harris is out, it looks like it's going to be Sony Michelle. I mean, Cam Newton threw to Christian McCaffrey eight billion times. I think <laughs> he can go to James White. But at the same time, Christian McCaffrey's always on the field. James White. It's not not always on the field like that's if you bring in James White it almost kind of gives away yeah but Damian Harris doesn't sound like he's going to be on the field no but so now now you have Michelle (laughs) Michelle looks like he's going to be back his knee doesn't exist yeah that's true and now he has foot problems but at the same time you still have um Rex Burkhead Rex Burkhead well Rex Burkhead's (laughs) actually kind of if you're trying to mask what you're doing to the opposing defense Burkhead's probably the best guy to have on the field because he both runs and that is true like that's he, the, I mean, that's what the fantasy world has tried to clamor for for the past three years. Yeah, but that he, he's the only mask what you do with. Yeah, and then it turns out the Patriots just just don't care. So I'm just giving giving it a week. <laughs> I should have James White ranked higher. I don't, um, and I think it will be Damian Harris as like the lead quote unquote back, which is probably good for like 40 percent of the snaps. Not great, but to say that like oh, there's a reason when you throw you why you throw to Christian McCaffrey because Christian McCaffrey is the fucking like best running back in the league. James White isn't. And look, I beat you to an F-bomb. I know. It's crazy. Although, <laughs> I mix them in so casually that you might not even notice. Uh, the only other, like, this, so that backfield is, I find very confusing. And we talked a little bit about the Bears. If Montgomery doesn't play, Cohen's kind of got to be your guy, but you have no trust in him. I have Ryan Null at 44. And you said Cordero Patterson. I'm good I with switching Patterson. 
if, if like, I'm just going to wait on reports of that, just check the updated rankings. Like I just have no feel. Here's the yet. thing about Cohen. He was one of the most inefficient running backs last year. So he fits right in, in with like, this offense. <laughs> Especially with Trubisky starting. Yeah. Uh, like, I, why, why is anybody messing with anything in this backfield if Montgomery's out anyway? Just go fire up Allen Robinson and Anthony Miller. Agreed. And Jimmy Graham, who's looking like the best tight end uh, amongst their God. 48 tight ends. What does he run, like a 6-4-40 now? Yeah, he runs like cuss. Spoiler alert, Jimmy Graham did not make the rankings. <laughs> uh, let's switch <laughs> to... Let's go receivers. to wide receivers. We spent enough time on running backs. Again, you can find the updated rankings in the description of this video and podcast, likely in Cooper Cup, Denzel Mimsy, and Brandon Ayuk. I have it all as likely playing right now. I also have a Murray Cooper and Devontae Parker as likely playing, but we're in the column like where I list their injuries. I don't know what their injuries are. They just have question marks next. Do you know, what are their injuries? Do you know? I have no idea. Yeah, no one's telling us. It's kind of weird. So like, it's, it's weird. Like, I don't remember. Like, is this something in the preseason that we missed before? Like, are you not like, do you not have to disclose what injuries are? Yeah, they're just like, yeah, it's probably COVID. Don't worry about it. I, I, th- <laughs> I, I honest to God. Well, no, like I go, I, no, I go back to the Swift thing. Well, no, I mean, there's the Swift thing, but putting uh, Armstead back on the COVID list, like there's been no report whether he's tested positive or negative. I think teams are going to use this COVID list to like stash players who may or may not be like healthy scratches to avoid waivers just watch well i mean don't you remember what was it four weeks ago there was like 800 patriots on the like the were on this list of worrying about what's going to happen like yeah like because you can say symptoms like headaches and stuff like that without even having a fever and then people are going to be like well we're just making sure i I can see it being exploited as well Um, but this is why we talked about it this make sure you have two extra bench spots make sure you use ir spots it just Open it up because you don't want to be that guy. Yeah, in, in my league, my home league this year, I just threw it out there because I'm the commissioner. So I makes the rules. I just told them, I was like, yeah, we're, we're adding, I, we, we already have an extra bench spot because it's a keeper league. So we ended up doing an extra bench spot. And I was like, this is just going to be for this year. I expected some resistance because there was resistance to everything. And everyone in the league was like, yeah, that makes sense. And we moved on. It took like oh, three. It took must like be three, nice. It took like three seconds. I was like, all right, I guess people see the logic <laughs> in this. This works out really well. Uh, I get the opposite. You would love my home league. I usually get like, hey, we need to do this for COVID. We're not going to put it to a vote. Oh, oh no, uh, we don't have a vote in our constitution. It very <laughs> clearly says that I am emperor of the league. Whatever I have to, <laughs> I have to. I, there's a date that I have to announce the rule changes by, but I make the rules. Nice. Yeah. Uh, and the guy that always claimed that I made the rules to favor me, we kicked out of the league because he was just uh, he was being a joker, <laughs> being a joker. If they are really benefiting me, I'd win more. Put it that way. Likely out oh. for week one. Mike Williams could play. Like some of these guys might play and they'll get changed and put in the rankings. If not, but likely out. Mike Williams, Brashad. Where would you put him if he plays? Oh my god. <laughs> Mike Williams, Brashad Perriman, Elshon Jeffrey, and Debo Samuel all likely out. Jalen Rager is out with a shoulder injury for a few weeks, which brings us to the actual rankings. Michael Thomas, Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill on Thursday night. Your guy at number four, Jake, Allen Robinson, Julio Jones, Robert Woods, Chris Godwin. Now we have some fun. Chark attack. Adam Thielen, DJ Moore. Then at number 11, we got Juju, Scorin McLaurin, Keenan Allen, Kenny Galladay, DeAndre Hopkins, DK Metcalf, AJ Brown, T.Y. Hilton, Tyler Lockett, and Michelle Evans at number 20. That's my top 20 at running back for week one, sir. Hmm. I don't have a problem with much of them. I think Mike's. I think Mike's a little little low there. Mike Evans is a little low. I don't like Mike Evans all that. Here's much why coming into the season. Anyways, Here's why. I'm just gonna put him a bit low because Chris Godwin missed a little bit of time. He's got a little bit more chemistry right now, potentially with Tom Brady. I would still take Godwin over. I, I mean, 
at those preseason rankings, God went over Mike Evans, but I just don't know for sure definitively to start the year again. Like, but you're starting both of them. Why nitpick? I just, you know, you, you always ask me like, do I have any problem with your top 20? No, no, no. I would slide okay. Mike Evans we're, up we're a little here, bit we're here for a free flowing. I wouldn't say discussion. We're here for free flowing yelling of opinions, <laughs> but Hey, look, I like all these rankings. The one, the one flip argument you could even make to go back against me. I'll even give you the argument against me for Mike Evans is let's talk about who they're facing. What did the saints do on the outside? Covered receivers pretty well. Who where did they get destroyed every single game? Slot, slot receivers. Who, yeah. yeah. And Godwin plays the slot. So I'm just saying, like, you can see this going either single way, but I, I have no problem with either of them. I have no problem with Julio. I have no problem with Calvin Ridley, wherever you want to put them week to week, because it just be mix and match every single game with these four, basically. Uh Allen Robinson at least seven targets in 10 of his 11 last divisional games since joining the bears the lions allowed the six most red zone drives last season 3.6 per game and detroit is like the one team that trubisky plays well against in his career three games against detroit. i mean it doesn't even matter they gave away everybody they have no secondary they gave away slay they, they have like oh, nobody yeah. you can play anthony miller in this spot too so i mean that could actually be a stack week one on DraftKings. you have to hold your nose chicago and yeah, Trubisky, Trubisky Allen Robinson. And- I mean, he has a five touchdown game. Here's the one thing about Anthony Miller, too, from weeks 12 through 15. He was like wide receiver 13 or 14. Guess where Allen Robinson was still inside the top 10 in three games against Detroit. The past two seasons, Trubisky is completing 75 percent of his pass- passes and averaging three touchdowns a game and 290 yards a game. You're 20- going to have so many of your listeners pull this stack out now. in 26 games against every other team. The past two seasons, 63 percent completion rate, 1.2 TD passes a game and 211 passes. You know yards what? A game. You know what, Pat? You know what? Like if David Montgomery is out, I'm I'm playing the stack. I'll let you know right now. I'll play one lineup with this stack. Yeah, I know. I'll play multiple lineups with this stack. Oh, by the way, my <laughs> my DraftKings strategy show is out. I had two uh, Kyle Murray and uh, I had Kyle and Havi on to like DraftKings pros when it comes down to it to kind of discuss all of the tools that they use, how to pick your tournaments, how to narrow your player pool. I suggest everyone go watch that again in the description. Should we subscribe? Oh yeah, subscribe. It's on Mayo Media Network right now. Uh, I learned a ton in it. I'm I'm really trying to be actively become a not so shitty DraftKings player this year for football. <laughs> uh, this is, I don't know what, like I don't drink and I feel like I'm doing the show drunk with you. This is just, this is fun that we're back. This I, is just too, too good. It's exciting times, my man. Um, yeah. Keenan Allen's going to eat if Mike Williams isn't there, right? I mean, Keenan Allen should essentially kind of eat anyway. I mean, like just because there's three options. So like Keenan Allen also, Go back to Sammy Watkins with Tyrod Taylor. Sammy Watkins was putting up good numbers. Uh, so was um, Charles Clay. Like he wasn't <laughs> Hunter Henry's Charles level. <laughs> I mean, but you, no, but you remember Charles Clay was always like that guy. He was the tight end everybody always picked up on their bye weeks. He was that guy because everybody just dropped him right after. That's when you used them. You got your top fifteen ish return. I'm guarantee everybody's sitting there going, "Yep, that's exactly what I did." Charles Clay was the guy. So I, I say all that the fact that people are giving you. St- offense too much hate for Tyrod Taylor and the fact that Keenan Allen can still walk his way into 130 plus targets this year. Mike Williams, once he's healthy, can be a red zone option. Hunter Henry can still be a top 10 tight end and Austin Eckler can still get his. It's not going to be as great as it would be with a lot of other quarterbacks, but remember one thing, there's something else we've talked about on your show, Pat. Philip Rivers was one of the worst quarterbacks last year in efficiency, especially in passing touchdowns. He was having a miserable season. So 
Tyrod Taylor doesn't really have a high bar just to repeat what Philip Rivers did. And for people to know, like the reason that I love DJ Chark is not just because I love DJ Chark, because you could have Chenault Wig Factory down there as well, kind of get it in the game. Maybe he's actually a cog in this backfield too. They start running wildcat with him. Who knows? But with DJ Chark, Indy allowed the fourth most yards per deep pass attempt last season. Chark ex- basically exclusively runs down the field if Minshew's going <laughs> to be throwing. And he actually like lit them up. But, like, even if you're thinking about DraftKings, and I'll dig into this more on the DraftKings show. But last year, only three receivers scored more than 27 and a half DraftKings points in more games than DJ Chark did. That was Michael Thomas, Chris Godwin, and Julio Jones. And if you pay for those guys, it's like all of your salary cap. You go Minshew and Chark, it's not. Put it that way. But what if I go Trubisky? <laughs> then you have to didn't use DJ Chark in that lineup too. I would absolutely. I'm, I love DJ Chark this year. I have him so many teams, and I will continue to have him on a lot of DraftKings lineups as well, like you're mentioning. Uh, going from 21 to 40 down the wide receiver rankings, I got Tyler Boyd, Cortland Sutton, Amare Cooper, Calvin Ridley, Marvin Jones, Marv, Harry, Will Fuller, <laughs> Brennan Cooks, back to back, and that they should be throwing a ton. Jamison Crowder, say it right, Frenchie, Jarvis Landry. Cooper Cup at number 30 with his mystery ankle injury. Steph Diggs at 31. A.J. Green at 32. Edelman, Hollywood Brown, your boy, Ruggs. I have Will Fuller ranked again right there, so there's a mistake on my part already. It's week one. I'm getting back in the swing of things. Deshaun Jackson. start Will Fuller? (laughs) I have Will Fuller in the higher spot, if people are wondering, by the way. Uh, One spot (laughs) ahead of Cooper Cup. So uh, Henry Ruggs, Deshaun Jackson, Odell Beckham, Christian Kirk, and Sterling Shepard to round out the top 40. I'm I'm higher on Landry than Odell week one. if you look at where the Ravens are somewhat susceptible, it's more between the hashes. It's just where mm. Landry is going to get more of his targets than Odell is. Uh, it's, it's, if it's holding true from last year, absolutely. I was actually going to bring up that point. I uh, mentioned it a couple times late season when I was doing my DFS pieces and picking out, looking for slot receivers and looking for that opportunities because that's the one area that they could be exploited, especially with somebody as talented as Jarvis Landry. So I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, outside of this, I feel actually even better about Tyler Boyd, uh, mostly because A.J. Green, you know, sounds like he's now healthy, but he wasn't. He missed some time. And if you look at this defense, just lo- I mean, the Chargers have like, what is it with their injury? Look, like, the, the Eagles, I don't know what's up with the water with these teams, but uh, that Chargers defense is going to show up as a bad matchup in a lot of places. And I would bet against it being that tough of a matchup out of week one with what they've gone through at this point. So. Tyler Boyd just proved last year he doesn't need A.J. Green, which even if A.J. Green's out there, the argument before that year was that he's better with A.J. Green. I think Tyler Boyd's a top 20, I'd say top 25 play at worst every week right now. Yeah, and I think a healthier A.J. Green, too, only benefits Tyler Boyd. Yeah, well, I was, I was not telling you to move Tyler Boyd up. That was all to, give, to tell you to move Tyler Boyd up. <laughs> how, how much higher do you want me? I'm at 21. Oh, I thought you said 31. No, 21. Oh, well, then never mind. I like it. <laughs> okay, so we're on the same page when it comes down to Tyler <laughs> yes. Boyd. I, I actually think one thing that really helps him here, unless it ends up being like Auden Tate or CJ's Secret of the Uzuma, is going to be that the pressure is still going to come from the Chargers. Their defensive line is quite good at getting to the quarterback. So if Burrow right. has to make a quick decision, it's going to be like one read, and that's likely going to be Tyler Boyd, not A.J. Green, just based on where they line up on the field. <laughs> Yeah, so something Emory Hunt's talked about, I've called it the point and click, uh, depending on whatever you want to call it, whatever catchphrase you want to give it, is Joe Burrow, and I'm assuming the Bengals are going to use a lot what they saw at LSU, but 
now Joe Brady being with Teddy Bridgewater, both these offenses probably, and what's the point of click similar similarities between the two is a lot of shotgun, a lot of, as you just mentioned, quick reads, just drop back, find the open guy. Don't try to do your progressions. One, two, three, four, and let the plays develop. find an open guy and throw it, find an open guy and throw it. And if you watched LSU, that's what they did. So hopefully to your point, that means Tyler Boyd because AJ Green's going to take longer to get open. That's also why I don't care who the third wide receiver is. Maybe if it's Auden Tate, maybe some value there, but if it's John Ross and T Higgins trying to get downfield, who are both missed a lot of time being injured, I don't want either one of those. I'd actually prefer if it's at Auden Tate. Uh, the 41 through 50 at receiver is going to be Anthony Miller, Judge Judy, or Doug Judy, as we prefer to call him on this show. Anthony Miller needs to be higher. Okay. Uh, Michael Gallup and CeeDee Lamb back-to-back. I just don't know. It's a wait and see. I think they both could be really good, but it's going to be unlikely that every receiver on Dallas is just going to be good every game. It's a lot like the old-school Rams situation. Uh, Manny Sanders, the the old colonel back there. Uh, Preston Williams, Nikhil Harry, Alan Lizald. Randall Cobb and Golden Tate at number 50. So in terms of my Giants rankings, I have Shepard, Tate, and I actually have Slayton at 51. So that's... Wait, so what was Shepard's actual ranking? Shepard was 39 okay. or 40. One of those. Oh. Well, they, you would have, you say higher. You, you would have him higher? Yeah. He was, there's Who would you have higher? Numerous... Miller, would you have Miller or, or Shepard higher? Shepard. He's number one, and there's numerous. Like you can go out there. John Daigle put out. I actually used his for my article about it with Sterling Shepard last year. The brief time there's a few games that did happen. The brief time where all of them were healthy, including Darius Slayton and Golden Tate and Saquon Barkley and Evan Ingram, where they overlapped. In all of those games, Sterling Shepard is the number one option, the number one snaps, the number one targets. Without one of those guys, those other overlapped games where it was only one person went down because there was a lot of those. Sterling Shepard, still the number one. Sterling Shepard is the number one wide receiver for the Giants. Whether it's a matchup situation, sometimes he gets taken out of the mix by a top-end corner. That could certainly happen, but the Giants' offense with Daniel Jones even there treats him as the number one. And all those reports have just been backing that up for any reporter you could find. I would have him higher, but I understand that I understand the hesitancy when it comes to having this many weapons on a questionable team. Yeah, uh, this many weapons, questionable team, and if there's one thing that I'm looking for this year in trying to at least early season, because you know we're going to be wrong about a lot of stuff. But how do you predict who's going to be a good defense and who's not? The Steelers at least have a lot of continuity, and they were a good defense that gets to the quarterback very quickly. That's is certainly true, but I mean Shepard ran plenty out of the slot. He ran. Uh, I just posted this yesterday. I think he ran like 35 to 40% of the slot. And Daniel Jones targeted the slot most, oh, like I think it was top five off the top of my head, somewhere in those range. Both numbers pointing to the fact that when Shepard is out there, he's not, he's the one that's not coming off the field. Golden Tate might come off the field. Darius Slayton might come off the field. This is similar to the Robert Woods with the Rams. Sterling Shepard's out there. And if he's running out there in the slot, that's even better. So I, I understand. Again, I understand the concerns. I mean, we could get to week four and it'd be like Shepard's the third. I mean, it wouldn't be a shock, but as of right now, I would go with that. Where did you say Deontay Johnson yet? No. Oh, he's, he's, I, he's in my next like uh, string of basically the next like 12 guys on the list are all guys that you might be playing week one because they have such gigantic upside. I just don't know what to do with them. So here are the guys. Uh, they're all in kind of a bucket here, like 51 to 65 Slayton Hardman, Chenault, Greg Ward, because like no one is healthy on <laughs> the Eagles. Uh, I have Arcega Whiteside in there too. Sammy Watkins, Deontay Johnson, uh, Claypool, Kendrick Bourne, Steve Sims, Brian Edwards, Paris Campbell, 
Like, all those guys. Like, what do I do with these guys? Demir Bird, who just might actually be the best receiver on the Patriots? You would be so happy about that. Coco, beware did, the Birdman! Did, did you pass by Henry Ruggs already? Yeah, Ruggs, I had at like 31. Okay, I didn't hear his name. All right, so Deontay Johnson, the reason I, I brought him up is because of the Giants' defense. Uh, DeAndre Baker's not coming back. They just signed Logan Ryan, which, you know, people are going to be like, oh, well, it's a decent pickup. It's also a slot corner, essentially, who was asking for $10 million a year, and there's a reason he wasn't picked up yet. <laughs> uh, they have Bradbury from the Panthers, who is solid, not great. Uh, I'm looking, and with, but by the way, Bradbury probably on Juju Smith-Schuster for a good amount of the game. This Giants secondary, this Giants defense as a whole, period, I will try to find ways to start players against them. You want another stack? I'm going Ben Roethlisberger, Juju Smith-Schuster, Deontay Johnson, all three of them. Are we sure that Deontay Johnson is going no. to be the two? Because it could be James Washington, it could be Claypool, it could be... It's not going to be Claypool. It could be Ebron James as a secondary target. Eric Ebron loves himself. He said, if I'm playing fantasy, you're drafting me way too low. So at least you know he's going to try out there and he enjoys the fantasy aspect of it. It could be James Washington. The one thing about James Washington, and I said don't dismiss him, this is for standard full redraft leagues for the entire season, is that he's a great deep ball receiver and he could be Mike Wallace like Mike Wallace used to be way back in the day. Uh, so I could see James Washington having more value, but as of today, the more complete receiver and the person who's been talked up so far has been Deontay Johnson after what we just saw last year as a rookie on top of it anyway. So I would go Deontay Johnson, but you know, Hey, if you want to play this stack and go contrarian, then go with James Washington instead. Maybe you go James Washington, James Connor, Ben Roethlisberger. I don't know how, I mean, Connor gets involved in the passing game because he's always on the field. I, I don't know if I, I'll have to think more about that. Maybe I will readjust. James Connor was like RB six or seven in those 13 games two years ago. Oh yeah, James Connor's excellent. <laughs> I have him ranked as a running back one this year. I think he's going to be perfect and he's going. Can we, can, you don't, you don't call him the Terminator, right? I, I did call him the Terminator. Oh God, I hate that. That's the one I, that's, he's not, Connor wasn't the Terminator. Yeah, Jake, Jake, listen, I know. You, you, this is why I'm good at nicknames and you're not. It's all about no, no, no. I'm going to tell you that's a bad nickname. It's not a bad nickname. People love it. It's a terrible nickname. It's not. It's a good nickname. You want it to look at terrible that'd nicknames? Be like, you that'd just be go like look. me calling. It doesn't matter, on. Jake. It doesn't matter. It's, it's about me calling word you the Mustard Media Network. Doesn't make sense. But that's not a nickname. That would be like the the name of the network is Mayo Media Network which everyone should subscribe to right now. You want to do that. People just won't have just any giving you another chance. Yeah, but people just won't have an association with it. When you say James Connor, you think Terminator. There we go. No. It was John Connor spelled differently, and he wasn't the Terminator. Oh, my God. Like, this, again, leave, leave the nicknames to me, Jake. You just say I will there. leave the you're, nicknames you're, to you. This just, wasn't even your nickname. You're just too triggered all the time. All the time about right, these nicknames. A, I, I told the guy on Twitter last night when he said, "Exactly." See that 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 is that, that is it. That is it. You're telling people on Twitter about things. Don't worry about these fucking morons. <laughs> <laughs> you just wanted to get a second one in. Answer the good questions and just mute the bad questions. That's how it works. <laughs> yeah, well, I have time. Man. I'm not gonna have time to answer questions once Thursday gets here. There you go. Quarterback rankings. For week one, I have I mean, Mitch Trubisky is starting. Nick Foles is to the bench. Oh, is he number one? Yeah, he's number one in the rankings. <laughs> actually, I have him way down. Uh, actually, <laughs> uh, I have him just outside the top 20. But number one is going to be Patrick Mahomes. Lamar, number two. Dak, number three. Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson on Thursday night. Kyler, Breeze, Ben, Gardner, Minshew, Walk. Cam Newton at number 10. Josh Allen, Matt Ryan, Tom Brady, Tyrod Taylor, Carson Wentz, Jimmy Garoppolo. Matt Stafford, Kirk Cousins, Philip Rivers, 
Ryan Tannehill, then Rodgers, Daniel Jones, Derek Carr, Mitch Trubisky, and Teddy Bridgewater. Fitzpatrick, Joe Burrow, Dwayne Haskins. Uh, I just kind of want to wait and see with some of these lower-end guys. I would roll the dice on Trubisky if you were streaming, but that's more of a DraftKings play. I don't know if I would want to commit, especially if you're in a one-quarterback league. Like, I don't see why you take that chance when there are so many other quarterbacks available. Like, there's no need for that. I'm starting to figure out that there's times and places for some of these things in my, like, generic 12-team league. Probably not the time to be like, week one, Trubisky, let's go. I'll just play him on (laughs) DraftKings. If if he's good, I might win a million (laughs) dollars. Exactly. Well, again, who is your quarterback that you drafted that you're benching for Drewbisky anyway? So quick, quick, quick question here. Your boy, Josh Allen, seems kind of low. It's one of these situations where I think the Jets are really bad, but I don't think that the Bills are really good either. But this seems like a game where they just kind of jump out like 14 nothing and run the ball 300 times. Which is good because then Josh Allen is just going to call his own number. No, in terms of like his actual rushing, he's better in games that are like within seven points where he still has to pass because most of his runs aren't designed runs. They're him going back to pass and then him just running. <laughs> That'd be really interesting. I might have to pull that. Like pull how many rushes inside the 10 he took when up by a lot up by two scores up by 10 plus i I think that if you get like on the one or on the two then yes he's calling his own number but at the same time the ancillary rushing stats unless he gets them early if they get up in this game now if you think that the jets are going to be competitive like offensively and score points (laughs) on the bills which i don't that's why i have allen a bit lower than like basically in the josh allen spot where i'd always have him from last year i have gardner Minshew right now who i think is in a perfect game script where the jags get down by a bunch he throws 50 times and runs 10 times you know what? Just for entertainment purposes, I kind of hope the Jets come out and win like 34 to 3. Just the entertainment factor alone of what we're going to get from that. Oh, the entertainment factor if the Jets start like 4 and 0 on this show, not necessarily this show, <laughs> on the spread pick show is going to be off the charts. I could already see it. I mean, like Sam Darnold comes out week one, throws three touchdowns against the Bills. It's going to be ridiculous. Where did you, because you, you ran through them kind of quickly, and I don't have the graphic in front of me. Uh, where did you have Kim Newton? 10. Okay, cool. I just honest to God, have a quarterback who also runs that my rankings all year are go. I I've been going by this mantra basically since I've started doing fantasy football. And now that there are more running quarterbacks, they just inherently possess more value. They do. Uh, like, Here's I'm, a question I'm, I'm for sorry you. to the statues of Tom Brady and even Drew Brees at this point and Matt Ryan. Like there are certain matchups you want to play them in. That's great. Uh, and they will be good in those matchups, but week to week consistency. If your guy doesn't run at quarterback, He's not going to be one of the best quarterbacks. I hate to tell you. So I have two things to ask. One is where another quarterback was. But first, what odds would I have to give you for you to bet Cam Newton being the leading rusher for the Patriots this year? What odds? Three to one? Yeah, like 20 to one. Three, that what I, I said three to one. Oh, that, I was wondering. Okay, I, I like that. I, I mean, that's pretty low. I, I think there's a legitimate chance. Yeah, I think, I, I, I think oh, yeah, he's probably one of the favorite. Like, he's probably the favorite to lead the team in rushing. Remember, it wasn't it wasn't Kirk Cousins the leading rusher for the Washington team a couple of years ago? Yeah, and Ryan I know Fitz, it wasn't a running back. Fitzpatrick, it was just, Fitzpatrick was for the Dolphins last year. That's true. It might have been rushing touchdowns for Kirk Cousins. Yeah, in any case, had, all right. Like so the one other or something like that. Yeah, I want the one other one I wanted to ask you about. Where did you have Ben Roethlisberger? Uh, number eight. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay, we're good. I'm, I'm I don't, like, know, I'm, I'm, I don't I'm really like, have to pick apart your t- your quarterbacks at all. Yeah, it looks like we're on the same like <laughs> middle tier. Like, because I mean, the quarterback rankings are going to change week to week. Like, 
I'm go- the top in- until proven otherwise. Like the top six are kind of the top six. Like you're going to play those guys every single week, regardless of matchup. Like Kyler Murray has a bad matchup at San Francisco. Although San Francisco as seven or more point favorites last year, oh four and one against the spread. They weren't good as big favorites. They lost a few of those games outright, like against Atlanta. They played some close games against Arizona. Like, Kyler's going to take a few sacks. He might throw a few picks, but he's going to have a ton of rushing yards in this game. And I just think that he's one of the elite quarterbacks. Just amongst the elite quarterbacks this week of the top six, he has the worst matchup, so he's number six. But, like, the Roethlisbergers, the Minshews, the Newtons, the Breezes, the Bradys, like, all those guys, they're going to depend on matchup almost every single week to me. And this week, Roethlisberger, well, Breeze, Minshew, and Newton have the best matchup, so they're in the top 10 i'll give you one that i don't think deserves to be in that conversation of matchup and i have him in a lot of seasonal leagues and i don't understand the hate for it i think maybe because he got hurt maybe it's ageism so drew Brees last year if you take out his start where he got hurt those other games third most fancy points per game he only failed to top 20 twice and he scored like 12 or 13 in those two games for me I'm starting. If I drafted Drew Brees, I'm starting Drew Brees. There's there's not a matchup situation unless maybe it's Baltimore in December on the road. Like they just Drew Brees too much hate at this point. And I it just added Emmanuel Sanders, who I think is better for real life Drew Brees than it is for fantasy Drew Brees. Yeah, and listen, I'm I'm with you on Drew Brees. I have him at number seven this week. One spot ahead of Roethlisberger. No, but I was uh, my oh, point. You're, you're, was, ta- was you're talking about every week. Uh, every week. Yeah. yeah. I still want guys who run. Just it gives me a better floor. I understand it, but even without running, again, at 20 plus points, all but two games, and it wasn't, he didn't even leave you hanging high and dry like a lot of those quarterbacks can. Sure. Uh, but again, at the same time, like maybe a year older changes that a little bit. They do play a bit of a See, slower pace. Ageist. Maybe they continue to run a little bit more if they're right because they, they have a beefed up offensive line. Again, they went with another offensive lineman in the first round. Like it's a situation where hey, that just gives Drew Brees more time to look. True. Or it gives them just more push from the ball and like protect Drew Brees and just have him be super efficient again. Or until Peyton F's us all in the, you know what, with Taysom Hill getting snaps back there. Oh, yeah. Or they're just like, you know who's good? This Jameis Winston. Let's bring him in. Let's talk about tight ends very briefly because you generally know who you're going to start at tight end. We'll talk about some sleeper ones. I have likely in as Chris Herndon with his chest palpitations and unlikely to play and probably. Is that what it was? No, it was just chest something. I don't know what it was. It wasn't palpitations. I was making fun of custody. curse Chris Herndon do a heart attack but that <laughs> turns out not what his injury actually was Trey Burton probably not going to play which I do think is important which really opens up a lot of targets potentially for Jack Doyle in the Colts Jack offense so number one like listen if you need a good like seven for 63 Jack Doyle is your man and it depends on your league settings but that could be a oh, 13 points isn't bad Travis Kelsey number one George Kittle number two Mark Andrews Number three. Uh, then we go Ertz, Ingram, Hunter Henry, Darren Waller, hardly newer. Jack Doyle, Johnu Smith, Tyler, Eleanor Higby at number 10. Then we get into some fun ones. Hayden Hurst, Noah Font, Eric Ebron, Jared Cook, the awful Jared Cook, Dallas Goddard, Chris Herndon, Mike Gesicki, TJ Hawkinson, Ian Thomas, and Tyler Eifert at number 20. Like, there's only so many guys that you can pass to on the Jags, and he's actually <laughs> one of them. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a hundred percent true. And hey, look, another that connection, the Gruden connection, and he's been talked up this entire. Year. My problem with Eifert is he played sixteen games last year and looked doo doo. Like he running molasses half the season. Like is what I don't understand. Like another year played, he's going to be healthier with the Jaguars. He just played sixteen games. I don't understand it, but I do see the opportunity there. Uh, I'll pick out two for you that I think are too low. I think T.J. Hawkinson is too low. 
Uh, the Bears defense isn't something to fear like it used to be. And TJ Hawkinson is healthy, reportedly is healthy. And I've given you the stats before. I've talked up Hawkinson a lot. If anybody wants to go back and watch one of your episodes or go read my article on The Athletic, I mean, I can't talk up Hawkinson more than I already have. The other one, as I think you might be able to guess, but it's Hayden Hurst Helmsley, it's your boy. The Seattle defense has been how many years now? Somebody you attack tight ends against, and that's that's the, that's their soft spot. That's a real soft spot for them. And Hayden Hurst is walking to the the Hooper role. I keep saying this: give Hooper's numbers over thirteen games to Hayden Hurst over sixteen, and he's a top ten tight end this year. He's not coming off the field because he blocks so well. I think that Hurst should be a little bit higher. I would de- I would start Hurst over Evan Ingram dealing with eight billion weapons and that the only time Evan Ingram was actually good was when Odell Beckham and Sterling Shepard were both done and he was the number one wide receiver with Eli Manning. All right, I'm gonna bump down Evan Ingram. I really like Jonu. Like I think I'm gonna use a bunch of Jonu against Denver this week. My concern is how many targets is he gonna get a game? I, I love Jonu as a player. I, I just don't think that the Titans are going to be able to follow the same recipe every single game like they did last year, where it's like, oh, let's get up by 14, then run the ball 300 times because our play action was so good. I think they're going to have to throw a little bit more. And if they do that, I think that he's the number two option on the team in terms of mm. like, like that's the one thing I have against Hayden Hurst. Like you're going to have Julio and you're going to have Ridley. We, we know that. So who's going to be third? Is it going to be Hurst? Is it going to be in the gauge with Russell Gage? Maybe he's also going to be playing the slots so or running some similar routes. Now, no one ran more routes per game last year than Austin Hooper did. Now, you're absolutely right. The upside for Hayden Hurst is huge. It's just, you know, first game, new team. I just want to see it. That's certainly fair, but I would definitely start him in front of Gronkowski. I mean, what do we think about Gronkowski just because he's with Tom Brady? And I have Gronk- all the reports. I have, are like I, have, he- I have Gronkowski at 24. I'm not playing Gronk. I'm not playing any of these Tampa. No, no, no I know. No, 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 I know. I'm just bringing it up for people. Like, people might be in this conversation discussions. That's what I was only bringing it up for. Uh, here's a question for you. Would you rather start Gronk or Cook? Because I, ha- I know you have one higher than the other, but would you actually start Cook? Oh, I would, so I would never own Cook. So, I mean, Gronk would be <laughs> for me. Okay. I, there, would, there would never actually be an option for me. I think, like, there's... I, I think there's some merit to like Ian Thomas, uh, Irv Smith, if he's a break, breakout player. If Dan Arnold is actually the starting tight end, Tarzan Dan Arnold for the Cardinals, yeah, he could mesh with Kyler Murray. He's super athletic. I mean, we'd seen him do some damage when he was on the Saints. It's just like, it's such a crapshoot. We do this every single year. No, we always do. I'm um, kind of looking if there's any sleeper kind of options. I mean, Sternberger can't even get in front of uh, Tonyan, or you say his name, Tonyan. I think it's Eric uh, Ebron, to tell you the truth, is probably the actual like sleeper of week one. I think I'm kind of like Hawkinson, if people are going to be that low. And I'm really high on Hawkinson. I, I just, again, he's a huge part of that offense. He's was third in snaps and fourth in targets with Amendola last year. Not that Amendola went anywhere, but he was already that as a rookie. And that was a rookie that was not involved a lot after week one in the passing game, but he was still out there a lot after week one. So I'm a Hawkinson fan, but you probably don't even need to start him in week one. You probably got him as your second tight end in a lot of leagues. Uh, Gusecki, I could see being nice. There's, there's a lot of options in this range, but it feels like everybody after the, like the Hunter Henry, Hayden Hurst, even Evan Ingram, like once you get past these guys and Austin Hooper, it feels it's just going to be like who scored the touchdown. Yeah. Like the, the Johnny Smith and Jack Doyle, I, I feel like they might even have like a little bit of a floor plus the upside. That's why I have them a little bit higher. I think Noah Fant and John Smith are very similar, both really good, both really good after the catch, but they're going to have to do it a lot on a little target volume. Potentially, but maybe this changes this year from last year. You were completely right. If the offenses just happened to play and they're playing each other this week too, which is kind of nice. Uh, defenses. 
to close this out. Number one, Pittsburgh. Uh, we've kind of been anti-Giants this entire time, so the Steelers come in as the number one fantasy defense uh, this week. The Colts, number two, even though I like a lot of wow. the Jags players, just the Jags are going to be chucking, and they have a bad offensive line, so let's go Colts. Oh, of course. Uh, I mean, the Colts might give up 28 points and still be the second-highest-scoring fantasy defense. Uh, the Ravens, the 100%. Chiefs, Eagles, Bills, 49ers, Chargers, Panthers – who I do like. They still have a good pass rush. Uh, and the Cowboys at number 10. After that, it's the Lions, the Patriots, the Vikings, Broncos, Titans, Bears, the Washington football team, the Raiders, the Packers, and the Rams. <laughs> so, I mean, you can go pick up a ton of these defenses anyway. Like, you can probably go pick up the Colts. I really like them this week. The Panthers, I think, are just super sneaky at home against the Raiders with a good pass rush. I know the Raiders' offensive line is pretty good, but Derek Carr reeks. Like, let's give me a break. Uh, and then you have someone like the Titans, who also have a really good pass rush. We know that the Denver offensive line isn't very good. Drew Locke is still... Who knows? He can make some bad decisions and take some sacks. That they could be another one that are widely available that you could go pick up. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with everything you said. Um, without me doing my rankings, like, hey, we get number one again this year. You and me combined. Uh, I, the only one that initially I thought a little bit higher would be the Bills against the Jets, and everybody's going to make the ghost joke. But just in general, I mean, it's not even that Sam Darnold. Even if Sam Darnold plays well, he's thrown a Jamison Crowder and Chris Herndon as his top two. Nobody's healthy on this freaking team. Yeah. Uh, so I, I might, you know, Buffalo a little bit higher, but I, I do like this. I kind of feel like the top five, maybe six, are kind of like the good plays, and then it starts to get dicey in one of those, got to see how week one rolls out, but, you know. Those feel like the good ones. Yes, uh, Jake and I, I mean, I don't submit the rankings. Jake submits the rankings. But between our discussions that we have on the show and when Jake submits his defense rankings, the only thing you should ever trust me on, defense. Uh, it doesn't always work out. But number one on Fantasy Pros and ranking defenses last year, Yes. what do we do? We take pressure defensive lines against a team that's going to throw a lot, regardless of how good they are. And imagine that volume of passing times pressure equals fantasy points that's just how it works <laughs> you're gonna put that on a board behind you should put that on a board behind you like a, the mouth like math like equation page <laughs> yeah not, not like a little mini chalkboard like that you might get sued for that one i don't think that he has the copyright on on whiteboards behind himself on oh page. you just get trashed on twitter for it where did oh, you have the chargers oh. uh the chargers i have at eight okay I was going to say, I, th I feel like they're sneaky because everybody's just assuming Joe Burrow is going to light the world on fire. And, well, if they're passing a lot, what if he's a rookie that throws three interceptions in week one? Yeah, this is true. That's kind of that. That was I, they're going to bring a ton of pressure too. like I, I don't know if Burrow is ready for the heat that you know, Joey Bose is going to be bringing down on him. The reason I don't have the he Bills, doesn't want the smoke. Yeah, he doesn't want that smoke. It just asked Feinberg about that. But the reason I don't have the Bills as highly as I imagine, I have them at number six. It's not like I'm saying don't play them. But at the same time. I can just see a lot of running in this game from the Bills, draining the clock, get fewer opportunities to actually let Darnold drop back and throw, even though they might be down. But it could just be a lot of three and outs, too. Like, eh. I can see it going back. I, I can just see it being like a seven-point fantasy defense game. <laughs> well, I mean, that's some weeks that's not so bad. It's better some than weeks it's not, but, that, but that's negative. not. Listen, man, I don't play for fucking middle of the pack. I'm playing to have the best defense of the week. I'd rather just pick up and stream the Colts. By the way, to go back to your Eagles thing while we're doing this show, did you see the Alshon Jeffrey news? No, what's what's the latest Alshon Jeffrey news? <laughs> Howie Roseman believes he'll be ready before week seven. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to change him to out then in my rankings? 
I would I would lean towards out and I'll lean towards like that's the that's almost like Maris comment about the Giants like I just want to finish the season knowing that we've did we best we can and improved as a team like thanks for the high bar there Mara that'll do it on the Pat Mayo experience 2020 week one rankings it's here kickoff show what's that it's a kickoff show. Yeah, this is the kickoff show. Jake's going to be joining me every single week during the season. You can find all of his rankings and articles up at theathletic.com. You can find all my rankings on DK Nation and in the description of this video and podcast. My preseason rankings are still out. Uh, my DraftKings show is out for strategy, tournament selection, building your core that I actually did with real DraftKings players, not like shitty ones like me. So I learned a lot from that. I think it'd be valuable if you do plan on investing on DraftKings this year and just playing week to week. They have some very good tips that maybe you've just overlooked. That's all up on Mayo Media Network right now, along with my last rankings update for the actual draft that I did with Chris Meany on Friday. Highly recommend that you go check those out. And you can find all of those up on the Pat Mayo Experience audio podcast, which if you're uh, you know inclined to do, just scroll down to the bottom of your uh, podcast feed and rate it five stars. You want to be generous? Please leave a review. Also, the tools and stats that I've been talking about all come from FTNFantasy.com. You want to get a discount? Use code MAYO. That easy to do. I'm going to have some DraftKings articles up on FTNDaily.com as well, part of the FTN network. That'll do it for me, Pat Mayo, on the week one ranking show. Get excited, everyone. It's going to be fun. Smash the like. I'll see you next time. Experience! Experience!